Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is David Oladar Batusin. I am um, a leader here at the Gap Church, and I have the privilege of um, sharing a word this afternoon. If this is your first time here, welcome to the Gap Church, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Thank you for joining us, whether online or in person. Um, You could have been anywhere else. You could have chosen anywhere else. And so we say thank you. We also say thank you to whoever told you to come here. We also say thank you to whoever invited you. Um, We uh, we also say thank you to the Holy Spirit if he just led you here. We thank God um, for everything that he continues to do. And so um, we're excited. This is our final final week of our series, Simple Instructions. Can we make some noise for that? And um, we had a simple instructions prayer conference this past week. Who was here? Can we make some noise for that as well? It was, um, it was phenomenal, honestly, wasn't it? It was phenomenal. And um, honestly, um, there were so many amazing things that happened. We want to say thank you to Pastor Grace, if she's watching this, for coming out and really just um, pouring out on us. Um, and uh, we believe um, that by God's grace, um, those that attended received their simple instruction. Amen. But if you weren't there, there's still time. There's still, you know, you know, like 30, 30 minutes to receive a simple instruction. And we pray that the grace of God will be there. Amen? So um, I'm not going to waste too much of your time. Um, we're going to hop right into it. And so uh, I want us to open our Bibles to 2 Kings 5. 2 Kings 5, uh, 13 to 15. 2 Kings 5, 13 to 15. And we're going to be reading from the Amplified Classic. Uh, 2 Kings 5, 13 to 15. If you're there, say there. If you're looking at the screen, say looking at the screen. Bet, bet we know. The screen warriors. All right, so, <laughs> all right. And his servants, so we're, we're obviously talking about who? Naaman, right? Um, if, you've been, uh, if you've been with us the past few weeks, we're talking about the story of Naaman. Um, Naaman is a, a character in the Bible. He had the, um, the disease or I think the skin condition of leprosy. And so um, Naaman, of course, did receive his, um, his healing, but it came from simple instructions. And this is a simple instruction that came from the prophet Elisha. And so um, we're going to read this just to give you some context. And so it says, and his servants came near and said to him. So this is the servant of Naaman. It says, if the prophet had bid you to do something, some great thing, would you not have done it? How much rather than when he says to you, wash and be clean? So if you've been with us, we know that Naaman was obviously upset when his expectations were not met. He thought that Elijah would come out, touch him, do some nice little, you know, magic trick, and um, he would be healed. But Elijah says that he should go and uh, bathe in a very dirty river. And so he's obviously upset right now. And so um, his servant is saying that, If he would have told you something more complicated, you would probably still do it, right? And so verse 14, obviously after the servant says this to Naaman, verse 14, it says, Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, as the man of God had said. We thank God for obedience. And it says, And his flesh was restored like that of a little child, and he was clean. Verse 15, Then Naaman returned returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and stood before him. He said, behold, now I know that there is no God in all of earth but in Israel. So now I accept a gift from your servant. Bless the reading of God's word. If you're taking notes, I want us to uh, title this message, Now I Know. Now I Know. Um, In verse 15, after Naaman is healed, he comes back to Elisha and um, he says, um, he's obviously amazed, he's in awe, and he's like, man, Now I know that there is no God in all earth but in Israel. And so 
Uh, now I know. So I want to break down what this is. So I want you to write down now. I like to break down things. Now and no. Now and no. So for now, the definition of now is at the present time or moments. Simple. At the present time or moments. While no, to know, means to perceive directly, to have understanding of, and also to recognize the nature of. So to perceive directly, to have understanding of, and to recognize the nature of. So when Naaman is saying, now I know, this can mean so many things, right? It can mean that Naaman may have heard of God before. He may have heard of this God of Israel, but he's probably not perceived him directly. He probably hasn't had an encounter with him before. Um, he, he, he's heard of the miraculous things that maybe this God has done, but he has not come into direct contact with this God. I pray that anyone here who uh, is looking for that encounter by God's grace, they'll receive it. Amen. Amen. And so what this also means, though, is that Naaman literally was following the instructions of a person who had a backing he didn't know. I'll break it down for you. Naaman was following the instructions of Elisha, but he did not even know who was backing Elisha. And so it's not until the very end that he realizes that, oh, now I know that the God that you serve is truly powerful, that he can truly heal. And the, the, the problem with this is that many of us are in this situation. We obey instructions, and we don't even know the backing of it. We don't even know what is behind it. We don't even know what the, what the, what the, what the, what the process is going to look like. All we know is the result. All we know is that, okay, if I do this, this, and this, and this, I will be healed. And so this is very dangerous because this means that Naaman put his life in the hands of something or someone he did not fully know. And so how many of us have followed instructions, followed trends, risked our lives, <laughs> our mental health, our finances because of what someone else knew? Why do I ask that question? In this scripture, the only reason why Naaman went to go and look at Elijah or meet Elijah was because of the servant, what the servant knew. And many times, we usually go off of what people know, and then we know because they know. So because the servant knew of this prophet, I'm going to just assume that, okay, if it worked for him or her, it should work for me. But that's a very dangerous situation to put ourselves in, isn't it? Because the thing is that we should know this. Not everyone's experience is alike. So if it worked for person A, it may not work for person B. But the problem with this type of circumstance is this. Whenever you're in dire need, you don't care if it worked for person A or person B. You just care about the results. And that's a very dangerous place to be in because a lot of times when we are depending on a move of God, we need healing. We need something to happen. We need God to move mountains, we don't care what the process looks like. We just care about the results. And unfortunately, when we care about the result, we will listen to anything. We will listen to anything. And this is concerning looking at Naaman now because now when he comes and he says, now I know, I now start to think to myself that many of us believers, I hope this is not what's going to happen to us. 
not every simple instruction we're going to receive is going to be an instant result. And so if we obey a simple instruction and we go about the process not knowing the backing of the instruction, not knowing what it looks like to sustain the instruction, God forbid at the very end we realize it was not for our favor. And so if you go down a process, you go down a relationship, you go down a business venture, oh, it's not that hard, just come through, you know, uh, I can help you out, you know, I can do some things for you, and then it all looks good. And then at the very end, you now realize, I'm broke. You now realize, wow, I thought this relationship would actually work. But the problem with us is that we don't fact-check instructions when we're in dire need. I want to move on and keep, continue to say this, that in our society, knowledge is something that is constantly in contention. Knowledge is something that is constantly in contention. Everyone knows everything. Like, if you want to, if you want to look up anything, just go on the internet and you'll find it. Or find something. We're at the point where we have to fact-check everything, and even the fact-checking, we start to fact-check the fact-checking. Like, there's, there's huge contention for knowledge. We don't know. Y'all may not even know if what I'm saying is true. <laughs> so everything you may read, everything you may study, everything you may see on the Internet could all be a lie. And so imagine if you now obey instructions without even knowing the backing, the process, what it's going to look like. And so there's some things that made me question and made me think about why didn't Naaman think about certain things, you know? And a lot of us may not be thinking about some things when it comes to simple instructions. We may obey the simple instruction, but we're not thinking certain, like, thoughts. We're not looking at certain perceptions. And, and, and one of the things that we don't look at that's very concerning is who is behind the instruction? Who is behind the instruction? I want you to write that down. Who is behind the instruction? You see... When we look at the story of Naaman, what happens in 2 Kings 5.11, I want you to open that scripture, 2 Kings 5.11, and I want us to open that in NKJV, 2 Kings 5.11. You see, oh, wait for it to come, 2 Kings 5.11, y'all got it, y'all got, got it, cool, perfect, I think they're about to get it up. Perfect, cool, shout out to them. <laughs> it says, but Naaman became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. You see, Naaman had no ownership or had no relationship with the backing or whoever was backing Elisha. So he was, he was, he was obeying instructions from somebody, not even knowing if they're from a prophet of darkness not knowing if they represent a, a, a bigger business, a Ponzi scheme, don't know what they represent, just because of his need. It says, I, was, I thought he would come to me and stand on call in the name of the Lord, his God. His God. You see, I want us to be very, very aware and very, very sensitive people when it comes to what we consume and what we obey in the society we live in. I go down to even say what you see on TikTok as a hack, 
think about it sometimes. I'm so serious. If you really look into, like, we, we are, we are, I want us to be real with ourselves. We're not that, we're not, we're, we haven't been through life that much. You know, some of us are our 20s, some of us are in our 30s. We're dealing with people who are masterminds, who are generational kingdom of darkness people, who know how this stuff works. And so you may be looking at a hack, but what you don't really realize is that you're, you're obeying instructions of witchcraft. You don't even realize that you have to fact check every instruction that you receive. So Naaman, you're telling me Naaman obeyed the instruction of Elisha and did not even realize or think to himself, wait, who, who, who actually is backing this guy? Like, who's behind, who's, who, who's behind this person? I'm telling you, it, it, it's problematic if we do not fact check, like, the instructions of who's behind it. Because the question I think to myself is this. Where would you get that information from? How do you know that? Trust me, there's, there's knowledge in the kingdom of darkness. You look at scripture, what does it say with, with, with Moses? That the, the, the magicians put down their rods and it turns into snakes. Moses put down his rod and it turns into a snake. They're both snakes in the eyes of man. <laughs> They're both snakes in the eyes of man. The only reason why we knew which one was God's was because it was more powerful. So you, I want you to understand, and that was back then. So I want us to, to, to know that th things will look so similar. Light and darkness will look so similar that if you, are, if you are not really rooted, you will not even know the difference. You see, many of us have to understand, know God for ourselves. We have to know God for ourselves. Because... This past week, I'm sure many of us may have received instruction and we're, we're happy. But even the instruction that you receive, just, <laughs> y'all not going to like this. Just because you received it here does not mean it's godly. Just because you received it in a worship experience does not mean it's of God. I'm, 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 just, I'm just letting you know that the scripture says test all spirits. This is, this is, this is, just, this is just fact. So it doesn't matter where you receive it. Test it. Sit on it. <laughs> you have to sit on everything that you receive. Yes, there's some things, of course, you can discern a little bit, you know. Oh, maybe, yeah, this is something that the devil wouldn't ask of me. But still test it. Because, God forbid, down the line, you now start to realize that this isn't looking like what I thought it would be. This doesn't have that much evidence of God written over it. We have to, to learn who God is. Many of us, the reason why we just obey instructions, we don't ask questions, we don't ask where it's coming from is because we don't know the nature of God. We don't know how God sounds. We don't know how God speaks to us. And so when, we've, when we're in so dire need, whenever we hear any voice, we just think, it must be God. This must be God. This must be what I've been waiting for. You haven't done the work. You don't put in the time. You don't pray. You're lukewarm. You don't know God. And then the first thing you hear, you think it's God. <laughs> you have to know God. We have to know God. 
especially in this time, with all types of battle of information, you have to know God for yourself. Something else that I, I, I saw that was, was very concerning from, 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 from Naaman was that Naaman did not even have faith in God when it came to his situation. You see, whenever it comes to an instruction, you have to have faith with it. There's no, when instruction comes, faith comes as well. But I want us to open the scripture real quick because this will prove to you. 2 Kings 5, 11 to 12. 2 Kings 5, 11 to 12. Perfect. It's already there. So it says this. It says, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. I think this just shows you already that Naaman had more faith in Elisha than who was backing Elisha. So Elijah sending out his servant was already a turnoff because Naaman said, I don't need the servant. I need the man of God. Who are you? You don't have anything for me. I need the person with the power. How many of us are like that? I don't, I don't, I, I don't care. Let me meet the pastor. Don't send me the minister. I want to meet the pastor. Bro, I'm tired of hearing Dara talk. Where's the prophet? All my leaders keep saying the wrong things. I might need to go somewhere else and find out. Maybe they'll say something differently. <laughs> Naaman, Naaman believed more so in, in, in Elisha. And so he just says it so casually. I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Like he's some type of, you know, yeah, Shemin. Yeah, just do whatever magic you do. Do whatever magic you do. You need faith when it comes to a simple instruction, guys. And that's why I want, want to ask us, if you're not putting faith in God, what are you putting faith in? Because many of us may receive a simple instruction and we just run with it. We just go. Get a new job. Bet. I don't even like my manager anyways. <laughs> <laughs> like, switch careers. I Nope. I'm going to say it again. The IT's calling my name. Like, tech, is, tech bros are calling my name. Like, we, we, we are so, we're so quick to, to just run with something, not understanding that faith is a principle of the kingdom. Yeah. It will take time. It won't look like Damon's situation. It won't just be a go in the river and dip seven times and you'll come out a millionaire. We wish it was that easy. We wish it was that easy. But the reason why we need faith is because faith is what sustains us through the obedience. Faith sustains us through the obedience. You don't believe me? I want us to open our Bibles to, 11, uh, to Hebrews 11.8. Hebrews 11.8. Because uh, when we don't have faith and we receive a simple instruction... What we're doing is just we're, just, we're just thinking of different things that could be happening. Maybe if I take this step, I think that's something that sounds about right. But really, when we, when, when we have faith, we're now relying on God. Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, 8. Hebrews 11, 8. 
It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Later in the scripture, one thing I love that it says is that by faith, Sarah, Sarah was able to, to conceive and deliver the baby. So think about it. By faith, Abraham was able to obey, but also by faith, Sarah was able to push out the baby. I don't, get, I don't know if y'all know what I'm, what I'm saying. It's not just to receive the instruction, but in every area, it, also, like, it will also be in every other area. What, 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 does that make sense that faith would help when it comes to, to pushing out the baby? It doesn't make sense, but that's the power of faith. I was saying this in the, in the other service that many of us don't know faith. We know manifestation. We, we don't know faith. If y'all really knew faith, y'all would be humbled. If you're, if you're wondering why you haven't had a refined character yet, it's probably because you, know, you haven't really been through the faith season yet. You know manifestation, though. The, the thing that just says, oh, close your eyes and believe for it. What? That's not God. I don't know who told you that was. It's not God. You know, a lot of people are saying that. Oh, yeah, just, just speak it. Yes, there's a scripture that says that there is power in the tongue. But my thing is I also know that there's a, there's a will of God. So if it's not within his will, it's not going to happen. Like, if you want to force it to happen, cool. But if it's not within the will of God, there is a will of God. So, yes, I know you want to be a millionaire, but... That's another conversation. That's another conversation. Um, another thing that, that was very concerning about the story of Naaman is that I started to think that, does Naaman know that there is a lifestyle that is required when it comes to a simple instruction? Because what I see is someone who's privileged and entitled. Okay. Like I said, he had many titles. I said this last week. He was, he was, he was huge. He was good in the army. Like the king, had, the king backed him. But the reality is this. I started to think to myself, so if he receives this healing, cool, he receives it, he's done. So now what happens when he goes back into what he was doing and he's struck with the plague again? I don't know how he got the leprosy. Let's say he's in trouble again. See, the problem with, with us is this. We hear the simple instruction, we obey it, but our lifestyle does not even have anything to do with the instruction. Our life, like there's a specific lifestyle that is needed for every instruction that you receive. God will not call you, God will not call you to be, to be someone who will be in, in, in government or something, and then you're over here, I mean, maybe it can happen, but you're over here studying mathematics, you know, sometimes, or maybe you're, you're doing, you're somewhere else. Like, your lifestyle has to align. Just as the instruction comes, you have to think, so what has to align to this instruction? So if you're, if you're given an instruction that, okay, you're going to be a governor, what does that mean? Start making sure that your social media page is on point. Start making sure that you're going to some of these, some of these city, city hall type of events. I know that you're going to probably have to stop, you know, some of the parties on the weekend, you know. But it's a sacrifice that comes with the instruction. Many of us don't want to make the sacrifice that comes with the instruction. And so what happens when we don't want to live a lifestyle according to the instruction is that we end up having a lifestyle worthy of hell but an instruction worthy of heaven. You see, 
and I want to back this up because everything I, oh, I'm saying is not me. I want to, it's scripture. Because of time, I just want, I'm going to glance through this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to glance through this simple. You see, when I look at the story of Solomon, a lot of us know King Solomon, right? Solomon had their very definite instructions. I'll read it real quick. Very definite instructions. The, the, the scripture says this. Whoa. Okay. It says, now if you walk before me, this is 1 Kings 9, 4 to 9. I'm sure they just put it on the screen. Now if you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you. And if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom of, over Israel forever. As I promised David your father saying, you should not fail to have a man on the throne of, of Israel. So God is saying that you have to live this specific way. With, to, to get this there's already been an instruction made but understand that your lifestyle has to fit it and of course if you know the story of Solomon the moment his lifestyle because here's the thing if you don't change your lifestyle you're going to end up disobeying the instruction it's just it's, it doesn't matter how hard you try if your lifestyle is, is budging against the instruction at some point it's you're going to fall not only that but the, the, the importance of our lifestyle changes that when it comes to instruction is that it allows us to know who to be around. It allows us to know the company that we need to keep. When I look at the story of Naaman, if it wasn't for the company he kept, he would not have been healed. If we look at the scripture, 2 Kings 5.13, 2 Kings 5.13, 2 Kings 5.13, it, it, it tells us, I want to make sure we're on time. It says, and his servants came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? As you guys see, it says, how much more than when he says to you, wash and be clean. Naaman is all upset, huffed up, puffed up. And you know what the servant says? Someone below him. Which also means that, hey, put the pride aside. There's some people that are going to help you obey. The servant says, Knowing that Haman is all huffed up and puffed up, she says, Master, let's be real. If he told you to hop, do a skibidabble, whatever, you still would do it because you're the one in need. So can you just obey what he said? And Haman ended up obeying. So you need people within you, around you, that will help you obey. Granted, I know there's going to be people even that can help you obey that may still Put you on the edge not everyone is perfect i'll be real but it's better to have a better percentage of people that know your purpose know where you're headed and can help you obey something else that not necessarily with naming but a lot of us fail to do is that we don't know the word of god we do not know the word of god i don't want to expose this by saying who read the word of god this week <laughs> it's a tough week you know back to school you know professors you know work long hours <clears throat> nothing to say <laughs> you know it's okay we're not all, we're, we're all getting there you see in the journey of life that we have we're going to be met with so much pushback we're going to be met with so much things that are going to try and distort the instruction that are going to try and mislead us counterfeits counterfeit purposes counterfeit instructions uh, at a point, like I said, Pastor Grace said this this week, she said, sometimes when you go back into sin, you invite that voice that was once there back in. And so, yes, you may have been hearing from God, but that sin can invite a voice that now starts to destroy. Is this really God? But what holds you firm is the word of God. 
That, that's what holds you firm. The word of God will keep you rooted. When everything sounds like a blur, that is what you can, that's what you can stand firm on. You see, Hebrews 4.12, Hebrews 4.12. I love the scripture because it gives us the understanding of the word of God. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I love the Good News Translation at the bottom. It says, it, says, it judges the, the desires and thoughts of the heart. So when you have a desire and a thought that is outside of instruction, outside of the will of God, the word of God can judge it. The word of God can discern it. It's not going to change on you. So if you're feeling one way, what does the word of God say? I want us to realize that this is so practical, everyone. If we, if we actually rely on the word of God, life would be a little bit more simpler. Simple. What season are you in? Are you in a dark season? Find someone in scripture that was in a dark season. Have you lost a relative? Find someone in scripture that lost a relative. Are you dealing with identity crisis? Find someone in scripture that was dealing with identity crisis. Are you having suicidal thoughts? Trust me, find, there's multiple people in scripture that were dealing with suicidal thoughts. And I'm telling you, there's a lesson with every single person that's in the scripture. There's a lesson. But the first decision you have to make is open it up. Open it up. Maybe, sorry, press on the app. <laughs> That's what you, that, it just takes one, one decision. I want to I I give you some practicality. I know that you want to read a whole chapter a day. Start small. Please, don't put societal pressures on yourself. Don't put, don't put friendly pressures on yourself. Start small. Ask some people now. You'll find out that maybe a year ago, they were just starting with the verse of the day. Then they graduated maybe to like, two verses a day, and then at some point they're like, okay, maybe I'll read a chapter today. But please don't cheat yourself. It's another discussion. So, now I know. Everybody say that. Now I know. Now you know what to consider when it comes to simple instructions. Not only that, but now you know how to sustain simple instructions. It's not just about receiving it, but now you know what to do with it. Because, trust me, it just starts with one instruction, but there's more on the way. So if you know how to handle one, you'll be able to know how to handle every single one that comes after that. As I transition and I close, I, I, want, I want to also reflect and, and go back to what Lolari said in week one. That there's an instruction that many people find it so hard to believe. And that's the instruction of salvation. Because it's so simple. It's so, so quote unquote dumb simple. Okay, I, I give my life to Christ. I believe in God. All my sins are wiped away. That's too simple. You're never too far gone. There's nothing you've done that is, is, if you open the book, trust me, you're never too far gone. I want to read this scripture here to give you some understanding with this. A lot of us know this. Believers, unbelievers know this. John 3.15 to 16. John 3.15 to 16. It says, in order that everyone who believes in him who cleaves to him. So when it comes to believing in Jesus, it's not just about believing, but to cleave to him, to come close to him, to trust in him and rely on him, may not perish but have eternal life and actually live forever. Verse 16. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even, he didn't have to. 
he even gave up his only begotten, unique son, so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, but come, or shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. The simple instruction is here. For whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, and relies on him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. So I want us to close our eyes right now. Because I want you to just think right now. Maybe you want to come into relationship with Jesus. Maybe you want to rededicate your life. This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. In scripture, there's a parable that Jesus speaks of and he says, you know, someone, uh, if you have a hundred sheep and one goes missing and you run out to find it, because you found it, you come back and you're so happy throwing a party. And it says in the scripture, so how much more will there be, will there be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over a 99 respectable people who do not need to repent? There may be 99 respectable people in this room who do not need to repent. But there's probably one person watching online and in here that needs to repent and give their lives to Christ. And so I'm going to say this and I want you to say this with me. Everybody say this. But if that is you, I want you to say this and firmly believe it. Firmly, firmly believe it and allow God to speak to you right now. So I want to say this together. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, Take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change into the person that you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to keep our heads bowed right now. And I want to give anyone the opportunity who said that prayer, and I really mean this. You said that prayer, you meant it. You want to come back into relationship with Christ. Or maybe you want to start a new relationship. I just want you to just raise your hand boldly. Just, just raise your hand boldly. Yeah, that's good. I, I, don't, I don't want you to be afraid of this. I don't want you to be afraid of relationship with God. He's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of you. I'm going to pray for you right there. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you, God for your children as they're coming into relationship with you or they're rededicating their lives to you, God. We want to say thank you, Heavenly Father, God, because we know that you care about every single person, God. You went to the cross, God, just for a maybe. Maybe they would come into relationship with you. Maybe they would get to know you, God. And so your children have come and they've said yes to you, Lord. So I pray, Heavenly Father, God, even as they start this journey or, God, as they reconnect with you, Heavenly Father, God, we pray that your spirit helps them, God. Helps them, God, to experience the goodness of, of, of salvation, Heavenly Father, God. I pray just as scripture says, God, that they will receive the joy of salvation, God. The hunger of salvation, God. Lord, the boldness of salvation, God. I pray, Lord, even when the hard times may come, God, that your spirit helps them and boldens them, encourages them, God. I pray, Heavenly Father, God, that they receive a divine hunger to go deeper into you, Heavenly Father. Lord, we say once again, thank you, God, for what you continue to do. And also, Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you for as this word has gone forth, God. As your children have heard, Lord, I pray, Lord, this word will not go through, go in one air and come out the other, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, God, that this will help each person, God, in their daily life, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, for those that uh, need the grace, God, for the simple instruction, they're getting it, Almighty Father. And I also pray, Lord, for those that are yet to receive a simple instruction, God, I pray that you deliver them uh, overnight a simple instruction, Almighty Father, God, Lord. We want to say thank you once again. We give you all the glory and honor and adoration, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and everyone said amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you. 
If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Have a blessed week.